BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Travis Curran, and welcome to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast, where we look into all the hottest celebrity stories of the week. Luckily, I am not alone, as A-Rod must feel right now, because I am joined by my two amazing co-hosts, a lady who may have dated some Yankee players herself, Gwen Flamberg. Oh, Trav, you know my sport is hockey. I figured there was a Yankee in there somewhere, but, you know, never say never. And the woman who, in this company, is our leader sports commentator, Sarah Huron. Wow, thank you for the promotion. Yes, knows very little about sports, but way more than we do. Well, today we are going to be partying like it's 2002 with an A-list couple reconciling. We have a sad prince finding his voice, an amateur tattoo artist, a cannibal gets a new girlfriend, and two iconic women battle it out on Twitter. Before we get into all of this beautiful, beautiful mess this week, let's find out what made us go whoa this week. Sarah Huron, what story made you go, whoa, this week? Okay, so it was going to be Olivia Rodrigo's new song, Good For You, which is amazing. Then it was going to be Jana Kramer's topless photo because she got her boobs done and she's, you know, that divorce thirst trap life. She was also in Napa at the same time as me. Unfortunately, we did not cross paths, Uh, but I looked for her. But no, it's neither of those things. Just had to throw them out there. It is this Kyle Richards, Lisa Vanderpump reignited feud. I don't know if you saw this, but TMZ reported yesterday that Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle Richards were at the same restaurant which has happened several times. They must be with the same Beverly Hills hotspots. And Lisa and Kyle was with a former Real Houses of Beverly Hills producer. And Lisa told the server as a joke to send Kyle her $132 bill. Um, (laughs) So she did. And this got picked up by TMZ. And I think um, it was on like, it was on an Instagram and Kyle commented calling her um, angry spice. And now it's just like this whole thing that's all over again. Obviously, we saw these two. Le- oh, Bitter Spice. Sorry. She called her Bitter Spice. Okay. And it's so Lisa Vanderpump to like think she's being so funny by doing this. And then whoever leaked this to TMZ, God bless them, probably Kyle, maybe the <laughs> producer, maybe Lisa herself. Who knows? Um, but I just I, I miss these two crazy kids going at it. And I'm, I watched the Beverly Hills premiere, which is coming out in a few weeks, and it's really good. It's going to be a good season. I, I promise. I have high hopes. But there's something about like an old school Kyle LVP back and forth beef that like makes me miss her. Oh, God, I'm so comforted when they beef. I don't know why Lisa and Kyle, like, at odds with each other, or it's just, like, nostalgia flows over me. Agreed. Gwen, what made you go woe this week? 
Well, I don't know if you guys caught the Brit Awards, but that red carpet made me go, whoa. So the Brit Awards happens in London on May 11th. And there was some seriously amazing style on that red carpet, most notably breaking the internet once again. Harry Styles in a Gucci suit that kind of reminded me of the bus the Partridge family took. But even better than the suit was the handbag that he wore, you know, ever gender bendy. You got to love Harry. But even better than Harry, Taylor Swift, you guys. So she was wearing this two-piece Mew Mew dress. And fans are speculating that it might, that outfit might have contained an Easter egg into her next re-recorded Taylor's version album. That might include Olivia Rodrigo. We can only hope. Anyway, I'm still going well over it, Trav. I love seeing Taylor Swift in that like two-piece crop top. It was very like old Taylor. She looks comfortable with herself. She looks happy. I lived for that look. Well, that was the thing. That hair and the red lip was what made people think of the exact Uh moment that she's going to revisit next. But the red lip and the hair is very red era and the outfit is very 1989. So people are split. Oh, maybe she's going to do them both on the same day. That would be very Taylor. True. God, I really love how she turned this into such a money-making opportunity, remaking all of these after they were stolen from her. And she's like, I'm literally laughing all the way to the bank. Thank you for reigniting my album sales. Honestly, you're so right. Like, I know it's like fucked up, but this was low-key the best thing that could have happened to her. It was. Seriously, queen, queen, queen shit that she is doing. Um, My woe of the week was, you know, there's a couple celebrity stories like this where someone tweets and gets their celebrity crush to date them into existence, but nothing has been thirstier or more effective than Olivia Munn with John Mulaney. There has been seven to eight years of Olivia Munn subtweeting him, talking about how much she loves him, supporting him, retweeting him, like thirst tweets like nobody else shooting her shot. And now a source confirms to us they are together right after he divorced from his wife and fresh out of rehab. He is ready to go into Olivia Munn land and I shocked. Shocked, shocked, shocked. She is so messy. I mean, the Justin Timberlake of it all like a decade ago, the um, Aaron Rodgers of it all. There was a lot of shade being thrown there. Um, I just, I feel like she is one to watch in her love life. I'll say it that in a nice way. And I feel very bad for John Mulaney's ex-wife who made it very clear that he ended their relationship in her statement saying, John decided to end our marriage. I mean, and so crazy that all of a sudden they're dating. I mean, there's only one explanation to this and we know smoke salmon, they must have been doing it leading up to this before he went to rehab or after rehab (laughs) maybe both maybe both maybe she really supported him whilst he was in rehab but you know really it could be anyone's i feel like john went to rehab was like i'm unhappy in my marriage left her and he's like olivia munn has sent me 32 dms over the last two months maybe i'll try dating her for a shot and i i agree with you sarah that she is one to watch and i don't know how i feel about olivia munn because i've talked to another celebrity who's worked with her and does not like her a lot and gave me all this background information but then i'm like is olivia munn just going after what she wants and is like such like a boss and do i love her i'm really really on the fence but one to watch i think we can all agree on well 
there's been a lot of news coming out of this week. There's been political turmoil, mask mandates, but nothing has hit us harder than Benefer 2.0. It is all we can talk about at Us Weekly, and here on the Hot Hollywood Podcast is going to be no exception. So J-Lo and Ben Affleck, are they or aren't they? Well, sources are saying that something is absolutely brewing with the couple. In case y'all forgot, about 20 years ago, Jen and Ben ended their engagement in 2002, but it looks like they wanted that old thing back. They were seen hanging out in LA, which dropped all of our jaws right after she split with A-Rod. And then Ben whisked her off, whisked off his heartbroken ex to Big Sky, Montana, where he owns a massive home for a weekend getaway. Our sources say they looked very happy. And another source told us that Ben and Jen have remained friends since their split. They're enjoying hanging out with together. And a third source tells us that something romantic is brewing. And as Gwen says, where there's smoke, there is salmon. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, first off, I think that this is the relationship equivalent of JLo revisiting wearing the Versace jungle print dress. I think that she just really likes to show that she is better than ever over 50 and kind of like not afraid to revisit her successes of the past. I mean, listen, this is something that the world needs right now. I kind of feel like this is also the equivalent of like Brad and Jen at the 2020 SAG Awards. Like to me, this is the 2021 equivalent and I need it. I Mm -hmm. I think we all need it. We're in a pandemic. People feel isolated. Leave it to JLo to make us all connect on one thing, which is that everyone's just kind of like wild about this story. I think that as a couple who was engaged at one time and super crazy in love, they probably have a lot of fun together in every way. Or is this going to last? It's not going to last. You know, Ben Affleck has his stuff going on and JLo is JLo. But for right now, I am really hoping and trying to manifest that like, They're actually doing it. I would love to be a fly on the wall for Jen Garner's like girl coffee talks right now. Her like girlfriend coffee talks. I would love to hear what she has to say about all this. Nature is healing, you guys. I mean, a week ago when they were in LA, I was like, this is a PR stunt. JLo's taking back the narrative because Madison LaCroix overshadowed her breakup with A-Rod. She didn't like it. But now, I mean, Montana, those photos, it was just, I mean, I screamed. I couldn't stop talking about it. It's like that scene in Mean Girls when she can't stop talking about Regina. That's me with Benefer. And the best part is every other person in the world is like that, including celebrities. I mean, I don't know if you heard Jennifer Lawrence on the Bitch Bible podcast this week, <laughs> screaming breaking news. And she was like, her, the co-hosts were like, is it a reliable outlet? She goes, I don't want to say which one. But yes, I'm clicking the link in bio. It's like <laughs> J-Law just like us. It's so good. And I agree. There's no way they're gonna last but i am so here for this experiment of is it it technically could be benefer 3.0 since jennifer gardner's name is also jennifer but i'm just i'm so here for it and i also need jennifer gardner's reaction everyone a lot of outlets are reporting that a-rod is shocked and not not thrilled he posted that picture of his table with empty seats i need a-rod's reaction i need him to start dating someone i need all of the drama i love like we need a-list messiness it's been the, the year has been overshadowed with reality stars. We need our A-listers to get down and dirty again. And if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's Ben and Jen. 
oh, and I feel like A-Rod is just like thirsting for a new celebrity relationship. So he comes out looking like this because, you know, sports players are usually like very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. They're used to getting their way and every woman they want. And he's coming out looking like not that great. And I feel like he's ready to get back. By the Listen, way, Ana de Armas, where are you? Give me a give me an Instagram story with those nope gifts again or something. Give me tea. I need everyone who ever has interacted with these people to react. <laughs> it's a good thing Cameron Diaz is married and has so much going on now because that would be the obvious, right, for her to go back yep. with A-Rod or for A-Rod to be trying to get her to go back with him. But nope, keep serving us wine. Well, yep. And thank you, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez for, as Sarah said, healing this country and giving us what we needed. Speaking of trying to heal themselves, we thought Prince Harry had already done his tell-all interview, but it turns out he really hadn't yet. Prince Harry was on Armchair Expert with actor Dax Shepard, who is now pretty much podcaster Dax Shepard and very successful at it, said some pretty wild things. He said he was caught in a cycle of, quote, pain and suffering in the British royal family and hinted that he is heavily heavily critical of the way his father, Prince Charles, raised him in a lengthy and personal interview. Hence, Harry said, when it comes to parenting, I've experienced some form of pain or suffering because of the pain or the suffering that perhaps my father or my parents have suffered. I'm going to make sure that I break the cycle and don't pass it on. Harry also said that as he grew older, he realized Charles, Charles raised him in a way that he had previously been raised, as Charles had been raised. Prince Harry said, I never saw it. I never knew about it. And then suddenly I started to piece it together. So I'm like, okay, where... Is this where he went to school? Is this what happened? I know about his life. I know that he is connected to his parents. Does that mean he's treated me the way that he was treated? So I, so now I can change that for my own kids. This huge revelation. And he also said that Charles stopped taking his calls after he and Megan stopped working as members of the family. Harry described going wild in his early 20s and partying and all of that. And then he said, I don't want this job. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Look what it did to my mom, Harry said. And his best quote, I think he talked about the media in the UK saying it's a mix between the Truman Show and being in a zoo. Now, the only other thing I want to talk about from this is the time that he and Megan met up in a London supermarket pretending they didn't know each other incognito texting each other what aisle to be in. And he was like, what was the thing he was trying to buy that he didn't like parchment paper or something? He didn't know what it looked like. (laughs) Yes. He didn't know what parchment paper looked like probably because the baseball cap was over his eyes. But I actually thought that was a really cute moment and it seems really dramatic but actually for who Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were it's actually not dramatic at all and totally normal. Sarah, what were your thoughts on this second tell-all interview we got? Yeah. I mean, I listened to the full 90 minutes, of course. I was definitely, it was a well moment when I saw the armchair expert get um, graphic. I was like, Prince Harry, what? Like I was very confused. Um, And it was, it was good. It's always nice to hear from Harry and get like a different, like you, he becomes like more humanized and it's like, it's nice. He said a lot of the same stuff he said in the Oprah. He said a lot of the same stuff he said in the CBS tell all, but it was, um, much more from his side, whereas the whereas CBS was very Megan heavy. And he didn't even talk about Megan that much, which it was interesting to hear about his childhood. And obviously the zoo and the Truman show comment got the most pickup, but I thought the Charles stuff was really the most telling. And that was Ooh. like 70 minutes in. I don't think a lot of press outlets listened all the way, but I did. Um, and I thought that it was like kind of like a pretty big dig to be like, I 
am mad at my dad for not taking everything he learned. And instead of changing what he didn't like about his childhood, just putting it on me. And now my goal is to change it. And I'm like, I think this is all Charles's fault. And that's my conclusion. Well, and Charles clearly did have such a sad childhood. I mean, of course, I know this from watching The Crown, but like in reality, <laughs> there is a lot of reporting to that effect as well. I'm just kind of like, I'm tired of the negativity with Harry mm -hmm. and Meghan. I, I just kind of want to enjoy some like entertaining content, which is what they were supposed to be giving us, right? Well, too bad with like mental health and humanitarian issues. I think it's going to be a little bit more depression before we see any type of fun. Sad, uh, true. It is sad. It was sort of hard to understand when he was talking about Charles because there were a lot of pronouns being used, but it was like, it was. You should go listen to that section because it came off as like, not shady, but like it definitely was like, I, I mean, to say I'm going to take everything that I learned growing up and change it, change, like break the cycle. It's meaning you didn't really, you don't approve of how you were raised or parented. Like you're taking everything you, you, everything that went to you and doing the opposite for Archie. That's like pretty low, low praise. It's like, I, you know, I disagree with everything you are inherently as a person and everything you did inherently as a father. I think, I don't think you could say anything worse about someone. Right? That's what I thought. Oh my God. Well, we'll see if Gwen's intention that she's putting out there to get more positivity radiates or we get more shady comments in the royal family. Honestly, I'm fine with either. Me too. Totally. In a beef brawl via Twitter that I never thought I'd be saying, uh, Chrissy Teigen versus Courtney Stodden. Uh, Courtney Stodden, glad she's back out into the ethos, teen bride extraordinaire. Tell us, Sarah Huron, what is going on with these two ladies? This was pretty shocking stuff. Um, Courtney did an interview with the Daily Beast this week and of Chrissy Teigen, she said, quote, she wouldn't just publicly tweet about me wanting to take a dirt nap, but would privately DM me and tell me to kill myself. Things like I can't wait for you to die. Some of the worst treatment I got was from women and we're not going to get anywhere if we keep holding each other back. So I think she was talking about like obviously when she married Doug Hutchinson and he was 60 some or 50 something and she was 16. There was some criticism understandably yeah. she was like famous for that um but i guess chrissy teigen was allegedly dming her all this like horrible stuff which is like she's the irony of chrissy always clapping back at trolls when she was allegedly a troll is not lost on all of us um and chrissy of course addressed this and said not a lot of people are lucky enough to be held accountable for all of their past bullshit in front of the entire world i'm mortified and sad at who i used to be i was an insecure attention seeking troll i am ashamed and completely embarrassed my behavior but nothing is compared to how i made courtney feel I mean, I mean, being, like being an attention seeking troll online for popularity is one thing, but DMing someone you can't wait for them to die is like a whole different layer of that. It's somehow worse when it's in private because it's not even for attention. You're really just attacking that person. Gwen, what did you think when you heard this drama? I couldn't believe it. But just, you know, finishing up what you were just saying. I mean, what's interesting is that a follower of Chrissy's commented through all of this saying like fine and great to apologize now but you still have courtney blocked so you're not directly addressing her you're just trying to make yourself look good in front of all of us so i found that to be very telling yeah i love chrissy Teigen. i think she does a lot of good in the world of entertainment and like 
I don't want to believe some of this stuff, but it is puzzling. It is definitely uh, like not so tasty food for thought. Yeah. And Courtney even responded to Chrissy's apology where she was like, she didn't talk to me in private. She didn't DM me. She didn't text me. She just said, I'm sorry to the world and not sorry to Courtney, which is really not a way to apologize for telling someone you're excited for them to die. <laughs> that should yeah. Be- <laughs> I mean, there's a thin line always between being a troll and like being funny on the internet, but like, I feel like we can all agree death threats are just never really necessary, you know? So never okay. Never mm-hmm. okay. And I think Chrissy Teigen is one of these celebrities who like I used to love her. Like I had that whole thing of everyone was like, oh, she's the funniest person on the internet, whatever. Yeah. And I don't want, you know, it's like, I, it's no, I don't like the like, oh, we're over you narrative by any means. And I think she definitely still has a lot of fans and success and stuff. But like, I personally am just like, I think we gave her a little bit too big of a head by calling her every BuzzFeed article that calls her the funniest person on the internet. <laughs> we did. We did. And I don't want to, you know, tear someone down for one mistake, but it definitely makes me look at her with like a little bit of a different lens yes, from yeah. this. Well, speaking of someone we're looking at through a different lens, Ellen is canceled for real this time. And, you know, it wasn't just that her show was canceled. She went on Today's Show and talked to Savannah Guthrie about being canceled and she about her show being canceled. And Savannah asked her, do you feel like this is part of cancel culture, yada, yada? Ellen said that, yes, being canceled, I really didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. It's too orchestrated and too coordinated. I felt like someone really did not want this show to come back. It was fine for like 17 years. And then someone was like, hey, you know what would be good clickbait? If we, if the be kind lady wasn't kind... And I, this wasn't really what I wanted to hear from Ellen. Okay, Ellen. I know. It's just way to like not discuss any of these allegations that several people have, you know, confirmed and spoken out against you and just say, oh, cancel culture. Everyone's against me. This is orchestrated. It's like, no, when it rains, it pours. But this wasn't, you know, orchestrated against you. She's totally passing the buck with this, you guys. I saw her interviewed where she said that she thought that she was creating a totally positive environment. And oh, I'm sad about it. But it was like the worst kept secret in Hollywood that Ellen was secretly not the nicest human ever. So mm-hmm. the fact that she said one day everybody woke up and decided to make this a clickbait narrative. It's like, no, everyone has their voice back now. It's, we're getting, you know as a society and people were finally able to stand up to you because you're a powerful figure and all came together past and present employees with similar claims. Like now you're just discounting all of them and acting like you had no idea this was happening, which is a far cry from the, I'm going to dedicate myself to making this a positive environment. So it's like, you have to take accountability and own it throughout the whole thing. You can't just release the statement and then now be like, why'd you all try to cancel me? Like, the only thing more annoying than cancel culture, which I don't agree with, is everyone now blaming things that aren't cancel culture, <laughs> calling it cancel culture. Like, we need to just retire the words or something because there's a difference. Certain people, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not cancel culture, Ellen. Right. This isn't all like a James Charles moment. Like, you can do something messed up and then people call you out from it. That's not cancel culture. It's just what sort of happens when you mess up. Yeah. And like, who knows what was happening behind the scenes with the show, whether it was Ellen's decision, whether it was like advertisers, whether it was ratings. It's probably a combo of everything. And I get maybe. Yeah not wanting to discount all the years of success she had with her show. And like, it sucks that when something ends on a sour note, that you forget of all the positives and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, girlfriend, like you're not doing yourself any favors with this, like taking, not like trying to take back the narrative. And of course, Ellen said that the show was canceled because it wasn't quote difficult anymore. Oh, yeah. 
I think, you know, trying to be nice to everyone seemed pretty very difficult for Ellen. So I thought that was sort of a weird choice of words. Well, everyone's favorite emo couple from high school is back at it again, and their latest PDA stunt features a tattoo gun. Gwen, what can you tell us about Courtney and Travis Barker? Well, Travis Barker has hundreds and hundreds of tattoos, you guys. I mean, in fact, his whole body, including his face and his skull, are one big piece of body art. But of course, he had room for another little sketch a simple I love you on his hands that was partially tattooed by his love, Courtney Kardashian. So who knew that on Poosh, <laughs> tattooing is, is in. And it wasn't even like there wasn't space. She drew it like over another tattoo because I don't think right, there was even the surface there's no area. Space. There's no space. But, you know, she now like has held a tattoo gun. So she's a tattoo artist, you know. <laughs> I am I am sort of here for this stunt queen type of relationship, but we can't forget about Travis Barker's ex. Uh, is it Shanna or Shaner? I think it's Shana Mokler. And Shana I, Mokler. I feel bad for her. I really do. I do too. Well, she was taking her shots. She uh, took to Instagram in a recent post saying, it's very, I'm very much over my ex. It's been a long time. However, I do think some of the PDA that he's doing is a little weird. And she said the movie True Romance that I feel like they've been bonding over was the theme of our wedding. Our daughter is named after a character in the movie. And she said, quote, I just think it's weird. I'm like to agree with her. I agree. I fully agree. It's weird. I can't it's believe weird she weird. found a spot on his body to tattoo that was still left. I wasn't. It was over thing. another tattoo. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. She yeah. drew it like yeah. over another tattoo. There was no space left. <sighs> um, but, you know, she thinks it's weird. We think it's weird, but I still like it. And, you know, I'm oddly happy for them and really hope they work it out. And of course, there's reports now that this has caused tension between Courtney and Scott and Courtney and Scott are no longer speaking. It seems like that Courtney's in a real relationship that could actually go somewhere that Scott is like really hurt and not speaking to her again. That well, listen, devastated. totally devastated. But Courtney and Travis are a couple of the year, as are MGK mm-hmm. and Megan Fox. Because do you know, did you hear why they did the blood necklace, Sarah, it was revealed. I saw the headline, but as I was um, consuming wine all week, I actually did not click. So please tell me, Gwen Flamberg. So she was going to Europe to shoot a film and poor MGK, your favorite, his passport was not valid. So he freaked out. Like he was like, she's going away. I'm not going to be able to see her. I can't even go see her if I want. And therefore decided she decided to put a little bit of her DNA in a necklace and give it to him so that he could have her with him at all times. Sick, sick or sweet. A little bit of both. A little little bit of both. both. MGK, find your passport, homie. Well, now he has. He has sorted his immigration issues and he's got his passport. But she's back. Yeah. Good. He dropped that like extra thousand dollars for the expedited passport, whatever you needed over a weekend. I thought you were going to be like, and he couldn't be away from her. So he needed like a way to track her blood. I was like, where is this going? I'm nervous, but I have no choice but to ship. You know that. 
I know. Well, I wonder if you're going to ship this next couple. Army Hammer is dating a dental hygienist in the Cayman Islands. Maybe he needs help with something stuck in his teeth. They were recently on a staycation on the east side of the island from where they live. People Magazine was the first to report, had a source saying they seem happy and comfortable with each other. They seem to have a lot of friends and she introduces him to any friends who they haven't met before when they are out. This, of course, budding romance is, you know, on the allegations of all these horrible, horrible things he did to his exes, cannibalistic fantasies, you know, marking them, branding them, you know, pretty much the worst you could do to anyone. He's lost a ton of gigs on Disney Plus. Josh Dumel took his space in the J-Lo movie. But now he seems to be moving on with a dental hygienist. And all I can say is good luck, girl. You know, my, my instinct was like, he must be like in a teeth phase or something. Oh yeah, maybe he like wants some like teeth for his cannibalism, like to yeah. suck on like a hard candy. Oh Aww. god, that's so gross! I can't believe gross. I said that. Army Hammer brings out the worst in me. All right, oh, let's move on. Um, Sarah, here on what can you tell us about what Colton Underwood has revealed this week? I can tell you to get a full recap on Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast, but I can also tell you that he was on the cover of Variety magazine this week, and he revealed a little bit more about his experience with men before he was on The Bachelor, because on Good Morning America, it was sort of implied by him that he has never been with a man before, and these were all thoughts that he was, you know, working through or trying to push away, but he deep down knew he was gay. And in this interview, he revealed a lot more than that, including the fact that around a year ago, when he seemingly was still with Cassie, because he was still with Cassie a year ago, he went to a spa known for catering to male clientele. Not totally sure what that means, but we can all imagine. Well, that's for another podcast, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) And he then received an anonymous email from someone claiming to have nude photos of him, threatening to out him. So he came out to his publicist as a way because he was like, my publicist is someone who I know has my best interest in heart with the public and would not want these pictures out there since I am currently in a relationship with a woman from a reality show. And so that's the first person he came out to, which was over a year ago. And we also found out that he was on Grinder in 2016 under a fake name and that he still considered himself the virgin bachelor, but he maybe had a little more experience with men than he said at first. He said, when I say hookups, not sex, I want to make that very clear that I did not have sex with a man prior to that. It was my first time letting myself even go there so much so that I was like, I need the bachelorette in my life so I can be straight. Oh, these are rough. Um, And Colton has faced a lot of backlash in the LGBTQ plus community for sort of being applauded for finally coming out as this like tall white man who's going to be like totally fine. And, you know, I'm not trying to diminish his struggle, but it's not really like a good look for him in the LGBTQ plus community with like Gus Kenworthy helping him. But I'm happy he's found himself. And that that was addressed in the piece. And he was like made it very clear to say there's like a Latina transgender pastor on the show so i don't know if these were things they put in after like everyone was like what is this show and why do we need this but and of course they, he asked about the cassie thing and they were like he was like i don't want everything i do to be associated with her and she doesn't either but it's like dude like you stalked her allegedly so yeah. this is gonna follow you for a long time i'm sorry that's the real problem here is that i need to know about why he put a low jack on her car why uh, the restraining order was against him you can't just sort of like terrorize someone and then just be like this is new rainbow me everything is fine and glitter and rainbows agreed 
Oh, well, hopefully he, the next interview, the next bombshell he'll drop will just be answering why he did that to Cassie. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's saving it for Netflix. Probably saving it for Netflix, but uh, still, they're making it hard for us to like you, Colton. I want to so bad. Well, let's move on to a very strange story. Uh, Grimes was hospitalized uh, during her baby daddy, her husband's Elon Musk's SNL performance. She posted on it, of course, did you guys see SNL with Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus? I didn't watch it because I'm sort of boycotting the whole idea of why they would have him as a host. You know, that's a very fair point. Well, Grimes' body seemed to be also boycotting it because she said on Instagram, quote, I forgot to post these. It's a picture of her and Miley Cyrus because I somehow caused myself to have a panic attack and went into the hospital yesterday, which was TBH quite scary. And I suppose it's a good time to start therapy. Um, they, she was fine and then ended up at the cryptocurrency themed after party at SNL, um, with Miley Cyrus. And I just, I thought all of this was so strange and I'm not sure the current state of the world or SNL with this Grimes having a panic attack dressed as Princess Peach and Elon Musk being the host on SNL with Miley Cyrus. It feels like a weird future we're living in. I agree. That's all. That's all I can say about it. Too strong, Jay. I did like the whole idea of Grimes dressing up as Princess Peach. I read about that sketch. I still haven't even watched it online because I don't want to support that he was the host of the show. Sorry, as an Lauren Michaels, what were you thinking? <gasps> I don't well, really think it's, I don't know. I, I don't really care about Elon Musk, but I think that it makes sense to have controversial people host SNL because like Michael Che said, it was like people are talking about the host 70, however many years into the show. So that's why they did it. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but I also didn't watch it because I only ever watched like weekend update clips the day after SNL or like honestly, things people told me I had to watch and I didn't hear I missed anything. So honestly, same. Well, did you guys know that Tom Cruise was a huge Real Housewives of Atlanta fan? Because he seemed to quote Nene Leakes this week while defending his on-set rant rant at the Mission Impossible 6 set where he said, to quote Nene Leakes, I said what I said. He told Empire via the Los Angeles Times when he asked about that. He said, quote, there was a lot of stake. There was a lot at stake in that point. He's like, there we had... Here said, we had blamed it on his perfectionism and sky-high expectations. Tom said, quote, they're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. We created thousands of jobs, you mother effers. He said in this leaked audio, he said in this recent interview, I was thinking about the people I work with and my industry and for the whole crew to know that we'd start rolling on a movie was just such a huge relief. It was emotional. I gotta tell you. Now, Was this a real apology? Did you guys feel that? Do you think he's less crazy? What are your thoughts after this? I mean, I don't believe anything that Tom Cruise says. So that's my official statement for all future stories. I just, I mean, honestly, (laughs) this week, the thing that really got me with Tom Cruise is that he insisted on giving back his three Golden Globe statues. Like, come on, dude. This is not a thing that you should be throwing your hat into the ring of like you this this is not like your skin in the game like come on like just don't don't why why make the giant pronouncement it's about attention it's not about the issue it was just a strange apology where it was like i support yelling at all of these people and threatening them people have died on this movie set it is the longest shoot of all time people are struggling and you know there have been funerals so i think we 
and they deserved a little bit more. All right, let's move on to Angelina Jolie. She is luckily promoting her new film, Those Who Wish Me Dead, and speaking out a lot. She told E! News' Daily Pop that she probably has a long list of deal breakers when it comes to suitors. And she says, quote, I've been alone for a long time now. She also said she's feeling very fortunate for six very capable children, and she loves directing. But of course, last week, she sort of threw Brad under the bus and said, I wanted to be directing, but quote, I need to do shorter jobs and be home more. So I went to an acting job because of a family situation. Um, is it, what do you think Angelina Jolie's deal breakers are? Do you think she's trying to date? That's, that's a lot of kids to come with such a beautiful woman. I Rough spot. Her kids aren't that young anymore. If I were a potential suitor, I'm not quite sure that it's the kids that would scare me away. <laughs> I think that in her last relationship and other relationships, she's, you know, she's. I don't think she'd be the easiest person to date or have a post-dating life with. I think that's what would scare someone away more than the kid thing. But maybe that's just me. Sarah, would you set your friends up with Angelina? I was just so shocked because I saw this clip come up. I was watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians and they aired a clip of this Angelina interview and on the commercials to promote Daily Pop. And I was like, Angelina Jolie's on E! News. Like it yeah. was shocking. And I feel like I hadn't seen her talk or speak in a while, like like a, a video interview. And it was just wild. She looked great, by the way. Um, oh, amazing. Gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. She was like gushing about the kids saying that, you know, they now I was for my whole life or for the last however many years have been like worried about them. And now they're worried about me. And I just feel like she is keeps like dropping these little personal nuggets and they're all like kind of low key disses at Brad. And it's just fascinating to me. And I can't wait for like, I feel like he's got a, the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Like there's going to be a more like explosive stuff between these two. Cause it's not going anywhere. But, um, as far as her dating, I mean, obviously we want to see it. Yeah. And it's been six years. They've been going out with this divorce and custody battle. This is a long time coming. And Angelina is queen of the PR machine. She yeah. is no dummy. She knows what she's doing and she is playing us all like a little harpsichord. Well, do you guys know what it's time for? I need to get it out. Yes. Let's do it. It is time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. I am really excited about this lineup, you guys. It is weird and lovely, and it's going to be hard to pick between. Gwen Flamberg, first bout is to you. We have Alec Baldwin, who is 63 this week, versus David Beckham, who is 46 this week and still looking fine. You know, this should be obvious because David Beckham is David Beckham, but even more so because Alec Baldwin has just been so nutty this year. I wish that he could get extra credit points for having played Donald Trump so impeccably well on SNL in skits that I fully approved of. But I don't know. I just think that David Beckham would kind of bend it to the left and throw a cucumber at his head and he'd be like how i say these cucumber and he's out of the <laughs> ring oh god i thought the cucumber was going to be like a whole erotic moment but i like where you took it <laughs> all right sarah here on next one is to you we have george clooney 60 this week versus our pats who is 35 this week wow wow mm -hmm. bethany wow yeah bethany wow um i mean i think i gotta go clooney sorry edward Oh, Mr. Collins staked through the heart. Goodbye. And Gwen, the last and possibly strangest match I've ever lined up. We have Adele, who is 33 this week, versus David Atterborough, who is 95 this week. 
I love Adele and she can do no wrong. And I can't wait for that fourth album because we all need to cry our eyes out a little bit. But here's the thing, David Attenborough, he... He rules the world and nature, literally. And I think that Adele would be toasting his birthday and just, you know, having had one too many and she would just sort of fall down and roll out of the ring. Oh, my God. Congratulations, Sir David Attenborough. I think he's a sir now. At least he is in my mind. Sarah, he is up against George Clooney and David Beckham for the title. What is going to happen with this menagerie fight? Yeah, what a squad. Um, I think David Beckham gets those soccer skills out and he just kicks his way to the top. Wow. I believe that David Beckham and George Clooney would each put an arm around David Attenborough and take him to the pub for a toast. The three together. Oh, that's nice. I love when it ends with a pint at the pub between these three gentlemen. Congratulations to all of them because they're all winners. Thanks to my host, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill this piping hot celebrity this week. This is Travis Crone on Hot Hollywood with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're just like us. Thanks, guys. 